Acts chapter 2, verse 22 and following. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. This is the true word of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the words that Jesus brought with him to speak to people like us, then and now and always. Father, in your word there is an authority beyond anything else we have. There is truth beyond anything we have. Father, let us hear your word. Thank you for speaking it. Thank you that we can hold your word in our hands and we can speak it with our mouths. Let us hear your word. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to start with something from, at least from my experience, the way I can help, helps me to understand things. So if you want to know what a cat is trying to tell you, listen. According to people who research things like this and get paid by the government to research things like this, a cat can make a, at least 21 different vocalizations. Each one of these has a certain meaning. So pay attention. Cats meow. Kittens meow to the mother cat, and when adult cats meow, it's usually to humans. It's a greeting. Sometimes it means that the cat wants to play. Purring usually means that the cat is content, it's happy. Chattering is what they call, I call it clacking. That means that there's something it wants to eat on the other side of the window, right? Like maybe a tasty grackle over there. And when I make that sound, my cat comes running and she's ready to pounce. Cats trill. It's a very friendly sound, sometimes used to greet a favorite human. Growling or hissing or spitting means that it's a good time to maybe back off the cat and give it some space, especially if the cat still has its claws. Like mine does. I have the evidence right here. A yowl or a howl means that maybe the cat is sick or it's hurt or it's worried. Or maybe it's bored. Cats can communicate effectively. If you want to understand it, listen. That's a small example of something. It's much more important to know this. If you want to understand God, listen to Him. He does not want to be kept a secret. He does communicate with us. And His Word makes things happen. One of our texts over in Fairbury came from Genesis 1. 
It was a long text. Part of the reason why I'm later than I want it to be. Read Genesis 1. In the beginning, God spoke. And his words were effective. He said over and over again, let there be, and there was. I can't do that. But at his word, he created things in a very thoughtful, intricate, deliberate, well-planned way. Nothing good was left out. Every part of creation worked together and fit together perfectly. Light and darkness, water and air, seas and land, plants and seeds, sun and moon and stars, fish and birds, land animals, and then human beings, a man and a woman. When Martin Luther was lecturing on this passage at the university, he put it in these terms. He said that God created this universe like he was building a wonderful house. And he furnished it, and he got everything ready, and then he created a man and a woman to live there. God gave them dominion over it. That means to have responsibility for it to take care of it, to tend it, as a gift given to them by God. Kind of like over at the parsonage right now, there's a light switch that is really, I'll call it soft. You could call it broken. I need to get in there and tend to that without burning the house down. So God was creating. He tells us here that the Holy Spirit was hovering over all this chaos and formlessness. The Hebrew word here, which I won't repeat, but the Hebrew word here is used in other literature to describe a parent eagle that's hovering under its little eaglet that's flying for the first time. It's, a, it's protecting it. It's guiding it. It's trying to keep it safe. That's the message that we have here, the image of that Holy Spirit hovering above chaos. And again, in John chapter 1, we read that the Father and the Son were together creating in the beginning. We know from Scripture that all things were made through the Son, and without Him was not made anything that was made. God working together, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, God used those words to create. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work together perfectly, always. Part of creation, which in the beginning was 100% good, unfortunately sometimes with us it's not 100% good anymore, but God gave us voices. Sometimes today we use them for good, sometimes we don't. In the beginning, it was always good. And Matthew tells us that at the ascension of Christ, our Lord told his disciples to use those voices to spread the word. Not their own words. I'm not here to spread the word of Ken. How boring would that be? You have no idea. But spread the word that God gave to them. 
Not our own thoughts, not our own wisdom, certainly not our own imagination, but speak God's Word. The Word that creates. The Word of God, which in the beginning even created life, but now spoken through our imperfect human voices because there is a new life that's available for souls. Take the words of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and tell those words to the rest of the world. Maybe in Sunday school, maybe while there's a grandchild on your lap, maybe sometimes with complete strangers who have questions for you. Teach them God's Word, what God says about Himself, what God shows us that He's done for us, what God tells us about ourselves because He knows us perfectly, and what He says to us about how we can live a faithful life. This is God's Word. It has an authority beyond any human ability. It brings new life. In the beginning, the Word of God brought this universe into existence out of nothing. And now, because of the crucified and risen Christ, His Word creates new life, even for people who are spiritually dead in sin. God tells us He wants to do something about that and bring eternal life to people. So speak God's Word. That's what we need more than anything. Not as rulers over anyone, but as servants. Not domineering or demanding, but always speaking the truth with compassion and with respect. God uses His words to bring souls to eternal life. His word makes a difference. So listen to Him. If you look again in Acts chapter 2, here Peter and the eleven and other believers are speaking, even in languages they don't know. They speak about Jesus crucified and Jesus risen. They taught and they baptized. Their voices carried the word of God to people, and that word carried forgiveness and eternal life that they could trust. God's word does what it says. When God said, let there be, that's exactly what happened. When God makes a promise, that's what happens. God promised a Savior, and that Savior arrived. God promised that His Holy One would not see corruption in the grave, and Jesus rose to life on the third day. God promised that a descendant of King David would take the throne of David as both God and man, and Jesus was crucified, and Jesus rose, and Jesus ascended to heaven right to the right hand of God the Father Almighty, where he still has that authority. God took all of our human plans for evil, and he made the best good come out of it. Peter said, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, talking about Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. 
When God says it, we can count on it. God uses his word to keep his promises without fail. His word changes our lives. Hear it and trust it. You know, since this is Trinity Sunday, I'm going to talk about a, a moment. I don't, actually, I don't remember how long this went on. But about 1,700 years ago, there was a big debate raging about words. The big controversy was really about what God says about himself. The words matter. The truth matters. This was the reason that all of these leaders in the early church gathered together in the city of Nicaea. One of the things that they did is they wrote the Nicene Creed. Not based on their own imagination or their own words, but from words they found in Scripture. They did that because it makes a difference how God describes himself. It makes a difference how God describes himself as Father. Not just a Father, but our Father in heaven. He's everything that a Father should be. Everything that I wish I could be as a Father. Honest, patient, strong, protective, nurturing, compassionate, taking the time to be with us. He's so much better at that than I am. In fact, when I was learning early, trying to learn how to be a good father, because I didn't know, I looked at God in Scripture. What kind of a father is he? That's the kind of father I wanted to be. He's perfect. He is the father of the son, as the creed reminds us. And now he's our father because of the son. And if there'd be no father, there would be no son. If there's no son, then there's no savior. Then there's no one who's both human and divine, speaking from God and speaking as one of us. No one to bridge the gap between us and God. And if there be no Father and there was no Son, there would be no Holy Spirit. There'd be no one to confront us for our sins and no one to move us towards God's forgiveness. There would be no one to bring us heavenly comfort and strength. There'd be no one to help us stand firm for the truth, even when there's so much pressure to give in to deceit. No one to help us understand what it is that God's telling us. The human words in the creed are all based on God's word. They reflect his words and his self-description. It's in his word that God describes himself as Father and Son and Holy Spirit, one God existing in three persons, in other words, not like me, I really don't understand it. But Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I know this. They care for each other. They love each other. They trust each other. They work together. And creating us and caring for us and adopting us into his family. He wants us to know because he doesn't want to be a stranger to us. He speaks to us from heaven about who it is who created us, who it is that saves us, 
who it is that's always helping us, who it is that sometimes nudges us when he wants us to do something or say something. He lets us know because you cannot trust or love or depend on what you don't know. Through his word, you can know God as he really is. His words allow us to know God himself. What about our words? How do we use this ability that God gave to us? Do we speak the words that God himself has given us to speak, or do we trust more words from other sources? Do we speak the truth, or do we speak falsehood? Do our words build up or do they tear down? Do our words discourage or encourage? Do our words honor or insult? Do they make excuses or do they forgive? Do they reflect Christ or do they reflect evil? God gave us these voices. How do we use that? ability, that gift that he's entrusted to us. There's someone who's a family member of, a mem of one of the members of our church, and I think it's, yeah, it's this week where he's actually having his voice box removed because he hasn't been able to swallow, and that's not a good thing. If you're going to eat, you need to be able to swallow. So I'm kind of wondering how is he going to be able to say anything, to speak. Is he, is he going to be able to whisper? Is he going to have to learn some signs, like this is cookie or something? I don't know. But this is a gift that we take for granted, given by God for us to use for good. And our words do make a difference. Think about it. What if Adam and Eve never heard God's promise of a Savior what if Noah had ignored God's call to build the ark? What if Abraham had not believed the word of God and there was no faith to be counted as righteousness? What if Moses had stood before Pharaoh silent? Or what if Moses had not confronted the Hebrews when they were bowing to a metallic calf? What if there were no prophets to bring God's word of hope in times of conquest or exile? What if the angel Gabriel had forgotten the message from God that he was supposed to deliver to Mary? Or what if John the Baptist had kept silent out in the wilderness? What if the apostles had stayed in hiding behind locked doors? Or the worst of all, what if God had never said anything to anyone? What if his words were not down in writing for us? We're blessed. God does speak. He does communicate. He wants us to know him as he is. In the book of Acts, Peter had heard from Jesus, and he told people that it was not possible for death to keep its hold on Jesus. People needed to know that. They needed to know that Jesus did enter into death willingly, and he did rise above it all for a purpose. 
as Jesus said, I think this is the purpose. Because I live, you also will live. That's what God wants to communicate with us. For three years, Peter and the other disciples and other believers had spent so much of their time with Jesus, hearing those words that he had brought with him from heaven. So Peter could truthfully say, and you can truthfully and honestly say to God, you have made known to me the paths of life. You make me full of gladness with your presence. That's a promise for right now, not just for the future. Jesus said this so people like you and me can know it and can trust it. And so we can keep on using our voices to speak these heavenly words. So if you want to know somebody, listen. Words make a difference. And more than any other words, it's the Word of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. He's speaking to you in a way that you can understand and you can trust. God's communicating with you. You don't have to build a big satellite dish in your backyard in order to hear from God. Look in the Scriptures. Hear Him as He speaks to you and speak His word to each other. This is a wonderful gift that's yours by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, how can we thank you enough that you, the creator of the universe, the most powerful force anywhere, you speak to us and let us know that you watch over us and care for us you want to communicate with us. We've done nothing to impress you. But thank you, Father, that you care for us anyway. Teach us to listen to you. Teach us to take those words to heart and to our souls. Help us to meditate on those words and help us to speak in accordance with those words. There's not a person in this world who does not need to hear from you. So use our voices for that wonderful purpose. Let Jesus be known, for we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.